Hey there, boils and girls. Welcome to this week's episode of Hollow Weekly. How low can we go? 46% on Metacritic this time. 44 on RT, Ryan, so that's... Um, pretty close. Yeah. Not, not far. Uh, with William Freakin's documentary, mm-hmm. The Devil and Father Amort. Is that mm. how we're saying it? I think so. Amort, we're going to go with that. And if we know you're probably listening to this episode on Facebook. If you want to help out the show for free 99, consider giving us a review on Spotify which is new. I just discovered it yesterday. Amazing. On Spotify or iTunes, either one of those would mean the absolute world to us. With that said, let's hop into this movie. This documentary. I keep it's, it's mm-hmm. a, it, this is a this is a <laughs> maybe maybe this is this is this is interesting. Who knows what, what um, this movie so is. quick rundown of what this movie is. Mm-hmm. Uh, f- famous director William Freakin, known for The Exorcist, Sorcerer, To Live and Die in L.A., French uh, Connection. French Connection. He had the realization that he made like the best exorcism film of all time, but he's never witnessed an exorcism with his own eyeballs. So he goes over to Rome and witnesses one for himself. Done by a 91-year-old, the World chief War exorcist vet. of the Diocese of Rome. Yes. Right. He, they, Not they, the official Vatican exorcist, I don't think, but the official exorcist for the Diocese of Rome, which... We did see someone who was recognized by the Vatican. He yeah, was yeah. at the ha- L.A. Haunted oh. Hayride. Oh, that's He did a PowerPoint right. presentation, and it was by far the coolest thing there. The, you got to tell this. Like, I don't know if we've ever So told it was this. the first year that... I think I moved to, or no, it was before I moved to LA. Alex was out here. I came to visit, and the LA Haunted Hayride was up and running. And this was like 2014, maybe 2015. There was a year where they got bought out by someone, and they haven't been the same since. Um, that year, it was amazing. The, the, the Hayride was themed after like murders in the LA Zoo, and it was like really, really creepy and super well done. Um, on top of that, every about every hour, every half hour. Uh, this guy who's who's recognized by the Vatican came out and did a PowerPoint presentation, basically a PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> right, right, of of just demonic possession and like his Amazing. experience with it, and we were just so enamored by it, like, right. and he didn't draw like the biggest crowd either because everyone was there for the hayride, you know, yeah, the right. you know the snacks and being a booze and stuff like that, but it was really gripping, like everything he talked about, he he had like examples <laughs> of like you know screams that he had heard and stuff like that and it was really fascinating this the most amazing thing just happened in my head i just realized that this episode already ended for me it's over bye like i'm this guy is the perfect metaphor for my take on the movie we're about to discuss like most people hate this movie horror fans are all elsewhere in the park and then there's one guy over here with this crappy PowerPoint presentation with some interesting info. And he's like kind of old. And I'm just over there listening to this guy. And it's William Freakin' in this fucking movie. over there. I'm just like, this guy's the metaphor for my take. But okay, that's amazing. All right. So, but, so that was that was what we witnessed yes. here. Um, I hope that guy's doing well. We love your PowerPoint. <laughs> love to have you on yes. sometime. All right. Uh, so this movie. Mm-hmm. Let's just jump into uh, order, order. Order in the court. Order in the court. Order, order of discussion. Yep. This is, a, this is an interesting one. I have owning exorcisms. <laughs> or, or, yeah, owning owning right. exorcisms. So let's just put the cards on the table okay. real quick. This movie is such a mess, and it's so hard 
to figure out what you're even experiencing when you're watching watch this movie. It also seems to be hard for a lot of people to generate any care of what they're watching while they're But the reception of this movie was basically worst documentary, cash grab, why is my grandfather making a documentary? <laughs> well, the special effects are terrible. Like all this, all this stuff. I don't. I couldn't literally not. I could not find a single person who, in good faith, like raved this movie online. Not a human being. Right. I didn't look that hard, but it shouldn't be that hard to find one, right? Yeah. Especially from this obscure <laughs> director who hopefully makes it someday. some indie guy. Right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so. The, but the thing, what's interesting about that is, has has any director ever owned a cinematic concept as completely as William Friedkin owns the cinematic concept of exorcism? Like we were talking about before recording, if you pick another concept, right, any other concepts of of whatever. It, the example I was using was knife killings, right? So, like, Hitchcock owns knife killings in horror. Well, no. I mean, we could have a thousand different West right. Craven scream, different arguments about whatever. But it's very hard to argue against the fact that the peak of exorcism cinema is the exorcist, right? Yeah, we were running through other movies with exorcisms. And remember, like, you got the exorcism of Emily Rose. There was, a, I think there was an episode of Courage the Cowardly Dog <laughs> where Muriel gets possessed. <laughs> you know, and that's the list, and that's the that, there, <laughs> there's literally so, Exorcist 3 in this own franchise, which a lot of people could make convincing arguments is as good as the original, right? There's the there's a lot of good exorcism movies, but f- between how it was made, the impact, the on it's the it's literally the a hinge it. in horror history, like the door swings. Anytime you mention, uh, you know, like performing. If you told like a horror fan, "Hey, act like you're performing an exorcism," they're gonna say the power of Christ compels you. And right. They're gonna. They're gonna what do, else are you gonna yeah, do? Yeah, they're gonna do right. everything from right. the exorcist. Right. They're not. They're right. They're not gonna. They're not gonna bust out uh, "Deliver Us from Evil." So if if or if, bend backwards or, like or, in, in right. Rose, if, <laughs> or they, try, if, if they, they do, if they do what Jennifer Carpenter did and they bend backwards. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm running. <laughs> so no, I'm calling William Freakin so he can actually see a real <laughs> exorcism, unlike what we got here. He'll, he'll come. He'll come with his camera. He'll come walking. <laughs> So, so the point is this, this man owns a a huge concept in a, in a genre of cinema and he is, he is given the chance to do the definitive documentary on, so he could have the best fictional version of this subject and own the nonfiction of it. And instead he gave us this. (laughs) Yes. And and that is so confusing. And my analogy for this was it'd be like giving Bill Belichick a billion dollars to do a one hour documentary on football strategy and have the documentary be 10 minutes of football strategy and 50 minutes of him throwing footballs at garbage cans in his driveway while randomly playing snippets of music while his friends drive by and yell football things at him. <laughs> it's kind of the vibe of this film. So what is happening with this movie? So, but you hate this movie more than me, so tell me what your reaction Weird. is. Weird. I don't... Uh, yeah, wrong word. You keep right, saying right. hate, and, and I don't hate I, this I'm, movie. Right, you're right. I'm I, saying my apologies. I'm very... So to, to kick off... How I feel about this movie, I'm going to quote my therapist. <laughs> Let's do this. I love her. She's the greatest woman to ever talk to. Mm-hmm. But one thing she told me was, you can love someone, but not like the way they are treating you. Naturally. And that's how I feel about William Freakin. Like, I love your body of work, but I don't like how you treated me in this documentary. Interesting. And I'll just jump into why. Dude, yeah. Because so, I'm processing that. So <laughs> in this movie, there's a... he. 
goes to film it. He goes to Rome. Mm-hmm. He goes to the guy who's recognized by the Catholic Church. Father Rome. Mort. Yeah, Father Mort. He goes there and he films an exorcism, which is done in a fluorescently lit office. <laughs> mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there, there's parts where during the exorcism, the woman starts to scream. Mm-hmm. And when she screams, William Freakin says that it's not doctor. We're here already? Okay, let's do this. Yes. Yes. Uh, because I have to explain why. I, yeah, how, yeah, I'm totally. being, how I'm being treated. Totally. And to me, it is very clearly digitally altered. Mm-hmm. She is screaming like she's in Call of Duty Zombies. It and it it doesn't sound like she's screaming like someone who can do. Uh, there's certain singers where they can do like tritones and dual tones with their mm-hmm. voice, and it's something that you know they train years to do, and it's really cool. It to me, it sounds clearly digitally altered. Like you compared it to a video game. Yeah, right? I, I compared it to. A, there's a in Call of Duty Zombies. There's a certain <laughs> scream they do, and you. I mean, everyone's probably heard it, even if you don't play the game, just from like you know TikToks or whatever. And I, I didn't like that. Right. I. I. And you guaranteed me that it was altered. As a matter of fact, you wagered. I wagered a very my. Important... I wedge, wagered my balls. <laughs> I was like, because because you you looked it up while we were watching. You were yeah. like, William Friedkin says that it's real, and I was like, I will. Put... So William Friedkin's actual quote is. Of course it's not altered. I would never fuck with that. I mean, that's literally the quote. And it's William Friedkin. And then that's ridiculous. I, the follow-up quote from him. It is ridiculous, <laughs> William. You're correct. It is. It is. But I'm not mad at him about okay, it. I, like, okay, I don't fair, like... Fair, like right. I don't hate him for it. Sure, it's sure, whatever. Sure. Like, I... But, one, like, I'll hand him the cleaver. Right. And two, I will, I will fly to Rome with him and right, be like, let's right. walk. I will, you just I will, don't like being treated this way. I will go, to, I will, I will go with him to another exorcism so I can hear it audibly through my own ears because I believe that that is bullshit. That's interesting. I don't believe him. I think he is lying. About right, him. right. Okay. So let's table the, whether it's real or not just for a second for, because there might be, it's, it's hard to imagine that if you were. De- if you were doing that, th- that's the only shenanigans you'd pull in an entire film. So, are there other shenanigans in this movie? I feel like so he th- he goes to then talk to a bunch of doctors, uh, psychologists after the exercise. After that, right. and he asks them if this kind of stuff is real. Mm-hmm. And some of the doctors, well, the first guy is kind of like, "Oh yeah, like you need an exorcism to fix that." And then he talks to another doctor who's <laughs> all bandaged up for some reason. <laughs> This very... guy looked like he fought Klitschko. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he does. And I, I loved that doctor. And he, he, to me, he wasn't buying it, but he gave William Freakin the answers mm-hmm. that he knew the documentary needed, but it only because it very lightly fit the bill of what Freakin was looking for. Right. And then he goes and he talks to the doctor, uh, the psychologist, and what they say is they acknowledge, and this is my, my mm-hmm. view of it. Mm-hmm. You have a very different thing, I'm guessing. So I do. The, the psychologists say that they recognize it as an exorcism okay. because of... And you actually were in the bathroom during the scene, so we need to actually... Yeah, 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 yeah. They, So they say because of how religion is in our world, that these people recognize that if you call it an exorcism, right. that their brains will click with that and it will help their psychosis. Yeah, it's a placebo effect. Right. Yeah, it's right. a placebo. It will right. help their psychosis totally. to flip it. So for that reason... Mm-hmm. They're endorsing they're, the they're justify they're, they're justifying the ends, you know, right. whatever. So they they say yes, we will acknowledge it as an exorcism right. because it solves our patients. Right. But to say they acknowledge the existence of the devil, they won't. Right. They're just saying right, we're right. doing that to help our thing. And so then after that, <laughs> William Freakin goes to the camera, and goes, "It's amazing to me mm-hmm. that they acknowledge exorcisms as a real thing." And he's not wrong. 
He's not right. wrong. They do do it, and right. I see what he's doing. But <laughs> do it's, but to me, it's it's like it's like handing me a beautifully cooked steak, and I cut into it, and inside is a turd. Right. Like I right. I know what you're doing. I'm right. not, and I'm not mad at him. Right. Well, so, oh, they're shenanigans. it. So your interpretation of what went down here basically boils down to this. I think it boils down to. Um, William Friedkin goes to the doctors and says, it's really weird, but it seems like they're doing this thing. And if, if, if it wasn't real, how would it work? And they would be like, placebos work. And he'd be like, oh, placebos work. And he walks away and turns to us and goes, exorcisms are real. That's how you're taking that's it. That's how. Right. But that's not what I think he did. Right. So like, because all he did was restate the thing that they said. They all said the same thing. So you're mad at him for saying what they said, but you're not mad at them for saying what they said. They, they literally all, they all said the exact same thing. I'm not mad. It's at, like A equals A equals A I'm equals A. I'm not mad at now, him for saying it. I'm, what I'm upset about. But yeah, but you're about, charging him for being deceptive. I think he's, for, I think he's. All he did was restate what they said. I think he is window dressing what they said to help fit the narrative of the film. Right, right. And I don't, but I'm not. That, but okay, I'm not, that's. Dinging it against oh, totally, him, I totally. I, see, I clearly okay. see what he's doing. Okay, no, no, we've sorted everything out. Now we know where everything is. Okay, yes. I get what you're. So you're not really holding it against the movie entirely. You just think, first of all, it would be way better if it wasn't there. Get rid of those. Right? I I I do feel like there is some bending of the realities to fit it. And I think the reason he does it is because I think William Freakin is a great storyteller. And I think he's using that angle to help push the way he wants to tell how exercise. Okay. So re-edit this movie and take out the digital scream and have him walk out of the talking to the psychiatrist and staying instead. Wow. They also, they really seem to think exorcism is kind of bullshit and, but keep everything else in the movie the same. Is this movie better or worse now? Better. Okay, I think because I, you didn't like that stuff, right? I but I, I didn't I didn't like it, and the the thing is is where the exorcism. So this is very because I was thinking about that after mm-hmm. you left. I was like I was like you could really you could actually just re-edit this, and make it a a, mm-hmm. a better movie, and it wouldn't take a lot, right? Because the exorcism that happens, even if you believe in it or not, yep. and with the altered screams, you and I were genuinely creeped out by it. Yeah, it is a creepy fucking scene it is 20 minutes of people chanting and this woman like squirming in her seat these dudes like holding her down and and it goes on it goes on for so long that you just get sucked into it and it's and it's weird it's creepy right so there's a lot of like really genuine shit in the movie that i think would work that i think could really that could one work as a documentary but also work for the story he's trying to tell and to prove the things he's trying so you think the altered voice is a little too showy and obvious Yes, and right. I think he's doing right. that because he's a storyteller. Right. So, so he left it in because it's showing obvious, but it made the story better. And in The Exorcist, he took out the spider walk scene because it was showing it obvious. But in this one, he added the showing the obvious. Why is the same person doing the opposite things? Why wait, say that again? So William freaking took out the spider walk scene in the original Exorcist. It's not in there because it was too, he thought it was too showy and too obvious. But you're saying in this one, he added digitally altered screams that were showy and obvious. So he did it right over there and fucked it up over here. But so why? Maybe because he's older. He hasn't done he's anything in a while. Right, exactly. Or that's you know, what he, I thought. He's, in a, he's <laughs> in a digital age. Okay. You know, shooting. So a now, he, okay. So we're we're exactly where I thought we would be, and that's kind of okay. So now, from from my point of view, I re-edited the movie. I hated it. I hated the idea that it was altered. Because I like we, I told you in the movie, I got obsessed with. It. I was googling it while we were watching. I was missing things. Yeah. I was like, this makes this whole movie shit if he lied, and he's just altering stuff. Like you know, then it's fake. Especially since you know that the 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 actual exorcism, uh, 
if you're altering the voice, if she's not possessed, something's wrong with her. Mm-hmm. You're altering the voice of someone with who has something wrong with them. That's horrible, right? So, I, I in, unless you're, I don't know. I can't get behind that. So all of that made me mad. So I, I was like, this movie. So I re-edited the movie in my head. I took that scream out. I did the non-shenanigans things. And the movie's worse. <laughs> and the reason it's worse is because these things you hate are the only thing that makes this movie work. <laughs> the reason why... The reason why... Because I don't... No, okay. the reason why is because this movie is is not... This movie knows that what it's trying to do can't be done. It's, it, it's trying to give you... So... William Friedkin said that Sorcerer was his favorite film of his films. And he Mm. said it was because it was the most authentic and the most personal. Right. So this movie feels like this is, there's more William Friedkin in this movie than there should have been. Right. Like for some reason he front and centered himself. This movie has all the hallmarks of a con job. It's too short. It's fluffed with stock footage and, uh, you know, side alleyways of things that you never find out about later. And like Pontius Pilot steps. He shoots every interview completely different. (laughs) Every interview is different. He shows up with his camera. Like he's like fine Waldo. So this pops in and shoots me like all of that is like manic and crazy and whatever. But the thing is, exorcisms are mind-numbingly boring because what this movie decided to land on as its belief system was that the more you think about evil, the more you invite it into your life. The reason that the tradition of you have to invite a vampire in is because you're complicit in your own downfall. You right. have to, you have to participate, right? So th- <laughs> that's what's happening here is this movie was like... This movie knows that the more you think about evil and the more you think about exorcism, the more down a dark path you might go. Matter of fact, the scholar that the movie foregrounds with, Jeffrey Burton Russell, talks more about depression and he's, he's retired from studying evil. That guy looked like he'd seen some shit. <laughs> yeah, he, looked he, like he looked like he lived haggard, in the yeah. ninth gate. <laughs> right? yeah. He looked like one of those scholars who, like, behind his eyes, they were all dark and he was like, they were like, what do you think of evil? He's like, I don't read about it anymore, man. <laughs> we don't go there. We don't go there anymore. You right? got notepads it, full of pentagrams. Right, it wears you out, yeah. right? So, like, th- this movie knows that what it's going to do is it's going to stay a little time on the subject, then switch it up and go over here. Mm-hmm. And then it's going to switch it up and go over here. And then it's going to switch it up and go over here because it doesn't want to focus on one kind of evil too long. It's protecting itself from what it's studying. So then it gets interested over here and goes over here and does some silly, you know, way <laughs> freaking old man shit and then does some brilliant shit and then moves on over here. And that's the thing is this movie was pre broken and it knew it, it knew it couldn't be what it wanted to be. The, the amazing thing is there's actually, like, history of this. F for Fake is one of the greatest documentaries ever made. It's an Orson Welles documentary. Who owned, like, intelligent cinema more than Orson Welles? He's the same position as Freakin', just way higher mm-hmm. with a way bigger reach. And he makes this broken, effed-up documentary that no one understands that looks like it was filmed for $7. There's, like, him in his, in his like editing room just throwing reels around in the air there's no light <laughs> like what's going on here <laughs> and he's doing magic tricks he's like look i'm gonna make a cigarette disappear <laughs> greatest <laughs> documentary of all time because and he says it in the movie he goes what i'm trying to do is not doable <laughs> right right so this is a guy who's trying to study evil without inviting it in who's a, who's healthily afraid of it 
And also, every time he initiates interest in The Exorcist, he makes money, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? So you combine all those things, and I think we're here. And I think he got crucified for the exact same thing that we 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 celebrate John Carpenter for. And the difference is, John Carpenter's playing video games, and this guy's still making movies about evil, <laughs> right? right? So fuck him, as horror fans, we're like, the guy who's still trying to make movies about evil, no, no, the video game guy, that's the guy. Cash grabs, great. Like, when John Carpenter's like, I just want to get paid, great, he's awesome. William Freakin's like, you know, when I, I'm going to throw a little exorcist, extra stuff in here, because I make some extra money on the side, but I'm really interested in the subject. Nope, <laughs> screw you. That To me, that's how it felt, right? So I see that one angle of the, does it make sense? <laughs> I see. I yeah. I know. I I I see what you're saying, and I don't know that's right. I'm just saying. Like I felt this other side while I was watching it, and then after I watched it, where I was like, "Wait, really? This is." This are, you, is are you saying that besides the actual that digital art un- altered? Because that might we got to get back. Are to you that. saying freaking is undeserving of any critical? Oh no, 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 no! Whereas the, Carpenter, no, he's definitely deserve a critical. He's just what, you, what has to happen is that an open mind has to be retained for the other stuff that's happening in this movie. Because while all of the stuff that ever the internet and all that stuff was talking about what was going on in the movie, this movie was quietly giving you this amazing ninety-one-year-old, hilarious, smart, dedicated, hardworking. You know, father, possibly. I don't know. Maybe he's like a huge misogynist, patriarchal asshole. I don't know. But like the way the movie was presenting him was it was a person who genuinely thought he was helping people in the way that they could. And was he had like exorcist techniques, right? He was like doing his things. And then um, William Freakin was interested that in a way that like if Eli Roth makes a documentary about exorcism, it'll be about the history of cinema exorcism. No, no one time will you see Father Amort going down a hallway flipping off the devil, right? right? So these are the great things that the movie gives you, but no one cared because they were really focused on the fact that William Friesen's a cash-grabby, old, out-of-touch guy with bad special effects who made an exploitative movie. That was a, a hour nine because he couldn't get more crap in there, right? <laughs> right? I mean that's that's basically the summary of the movie from the internet point of view from the negative side. So I was like, what counters that? And the only thing I could think to counter that is that if William Friedkin is actually what he says he is, if he's the, if he's an interested like person studying a subject weirdly in and out, right? Like he does the exorcist and goes away for 40 years. <laughs> Mm-hmm. So it's not like he's obsessed with this, right? So here's a subject he knows really well, but he doesn't want to get too close to. So why? And why does this movie keep dipping into something and dipping out of it? What, right? That it feels like there might be go, more going on here than the cash grab stuff. Some of the stuff that why this movie is shaped the way it is might be just because he's authentically a weird, interesting, smart person <laughs> with with artistic intentions, right? So, but you're not buying any of that. So tell me, what, what, what like, what, what is good in the movie? If I'll you... tell you what could be good in the movie, or what, what I thought was good. The, the, the problem is, is, he added so much flair, untrustworthy flair, that it's, it does soil the rest of the movie. Now there are things in there that I think could be interesting. One, it's called the Devil and Father and Mort. There should have been a lot more. Father Morton there. I think if he had focused more, you really only got a little bit of history from him. 
How and are you going to put more Father and Morton there? You just said every all the exorcism was a boring thing in an office. You could do his. I mean, it's just like why I liked the guy at the Haunted Hayride. He just presented what he had. He presented his history, what makes a demonic possession, how you perform this kind of stuff, what you need to do with it. Right. And if you just presented that in a God-honest way, that is interesting and that is frightening. When you put a bunch of smoke and mirrors in front of it, it immediately kind of just makes you distrust everything else. But I think there is a genuine story you could tell about the father, about his history, about the people he's helped, which they did in the beginning. And that stuff was very interesting. Oh, yeah. We're, first of all, yeah, you're right. We got to go back to the scariest person in the movie is the cured first exorcist woman. I don't know if she was cured. <laughs> she, she was terrifying. She pretty scary. She, she's the most terrifying real once possessed person I think I've ever seen on film. Yeah, no, as post possessed, right? She was she was unsettling, and her brother looked like, right? He'd seen some shit, right? And I've seen a lot of Exorcist movies and documentaries, and she's the most terrifying real human being post possession I've ever seen because he slipped her into this movie. <laughs> yeah. So I guess what I'm trying to say is I think there's more of a human story he could have right. told. Okay. So I'm agreeing with the human part of it that that's in there and that it was good and all that stuff was that that makes sense except for. The, the the thing is when you it I feel like you're you're just presenting you're presented with bad options as William Freakin at the point that you're talking about. Father Mort gets up, goes to the bathroom for three hours, reads a paper for two hours because he can read five words a minute, and then goes and does an exorcism and then goes and sleeps like if you the more father or more you put into a movie the more boring it's gonna get right i don't think that's true i think because <laughs> given his history and the people that he's helped and the idea of the exorcisms in that city i mean even the cities they were at in rome had a lot of history behind them and a lot of like scary shit that they had presented you could have went that angle okay so you could have gone the archival angle yeah, like with, back in the with, day, Father with Amor, Father Mort. Right, yes, right. I think you could have done a lot of that, and and in tandem, you could have then after you talk to him, mm. you talk to his patients, people, himself, then you go to the doctors and the psychologist, and then you tie that angle into it. And I think that is how you would have a more authentic story that would probably be more compelling, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. No, but no, there's I no think... wrong about opinions. The, the thing I'm, I'm trying to look at, I'm trying to think about it because I'm trying to explain what happened here. So I'm trying to think about it from the filmmaker, from a filmmaker's point of view, right? And for, for a person who made Sorcerer and French Connection or whatever, like when you're, I, I feel like when you're looking at this movie and you're thinking to yourself, I have the option of telling you that Father Amore told me this story once about how he chanted at this devil icon in this room. And now here's the room. Look, there's the spider webs and the dust and the thing. And 20 years ago he was here and there was this great moment where he shouted at the stone and the stone was sweating blood. I mean, it, it would look like this, right? At, or <laughs> he could do what he did in this movie. I can see why he did what he did in this movie. Right. Because what, the, what you're, what you're saying at, would be interesting to you, but I don't see a lot of really hit documentaries who hone in on following 91 year old humans around and reminiscing about what they did back in the day. <laughs> right. Like that's, that, that doesn't seem, uh, um, it's like every historical documentary though. <laughs> it's just people talking about what they did back in the day. To absolutely. totally percent. So exactly. So that what you were saying you tell is me there's no good historical. No, no, I'm saying there's tons of them. I'm saying there aren't a lot of horror fans who buy Ken Burns stuff. 
right? Or I'm, I'm saying it the wrong well, way. Ken Burns there are a lot of horror, horror, <laughs> there are a lot of horror fans who want William Friedkin to turn into Ken Burns. Is what I mean to say. I think he could use a little. I think he could, I know. I, I know you do. Right? <laughs> to me, the thing is, is if if I'm William Friedkin, if I have to. If you have to do what he did, maybe you shouldn't. Maybe you should just not tell it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should right, just decide. Right, because Maybe make. you should just decide. Hey, this. If I'm gonna give you some bullshit, yep. Rethink it. Rethink. Yep. Rethink your approach. He did, and then he did it anyway because he realized this movie was impossible to make. <laughs> that's, what that's what I'm trying to tell you is there was no way to. He, there's no way to do the movie that like it doesn't matter. So let's move on from this because let's go back to the altered. So you're 100 percent sure it's altered the scream the the effect of that right? 100 percent. Right, right. We didn't give the internet reaction, so we did search around for it. I yes. don't want us to. I don't want us to leave hanging with that. Like we were lazy and didn't look. We looked, and it's very ambiguous still. Right? There's a couple websites. There's this random life hacker Australia website who leads to a music forum where I guess there's some kind of release of this movie pre Netflix, where it was less edited, where they found a voice that sounded less demony mm-hmm. so there the hypothesis is that the the one we're hearing now the seeing now is where he added that but it sounded like this over here i wasn't able to successfully listen to it because the webpage just blanked out every time i tried to go to it i found you know there's roger ebert uh you know the review site asks whether it was and tells you they're freaking denies it and then just leaves it Right. AV Club assumes that it was done and makes fun of it, but doesn't prove it. Right. It's so weird that it's not like I, I feel like this is something we, it's 2022. We should be able to just figure this out like one way or another. I think you can figure out by listening to it. It is so. <laughs> right. I know. I sound dumb because you're like, this is George. It is, this is, it's everyone. I mean, knows. The, if, if right. you're listening to this, you can, you can be the, your own judge. No, no. I get that everyone right, knows but... and I get, I am 100% sure that, that it's right and it is altered. What I'm saying is, is that I'm also 100% sure that Rome is the capital of Italy. But I can Google that easily, and this I can't, even though we're 100 percent sure it's right. So it's just weird that it was fuzzier, but it's probably just because it's so obscure. Which brings me back to the point that the man who owns the Exorcist concept in cinema made a documentary that's so obscure that only Lifehacker Australia cares about whether he did something really effed up in the movie or not. How is that possible? <laughs> right? Like if 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 you if you went to um if you went to David Fincher and you said, we want a documentary on the history of, of like thrillers and he did a documentary on thrillers and it became like, it won the Oscar for best documentary of the year. And people were like, wow, that was the best film documentary years. And then it turned out later that he like changed three important stories about main Hollywood celebrities in it just because he thought it would make it better. We would all know it. It would be a huge damn deal. <laughs> right. We yeah, freaking did this here. And no one cares because he everything has moved on from his type of exorcism, his type of filmmaking, his type of whatever. So he's just on an island over here with like whatever this is. That's the point is that I think that 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 that's where it ends up. And that's more interesting to me than whether it actually was altered or not. I mean. So you're more interested in William Friedkin's social standing and society and culture. I'm more interested in the fact that this movie is going to mess with my head and figuring out my experience of it and what happened with it more than most movies I see with 10 times the budget of this movie. It will end up being more interesting. So like, 
you know, there's basically, I have basically three responses to the movie in, in the immediate. I either hate it in the immediate, I love it in the immediate, or I'm, I'm paused for it in the immediate, right? But the thing I know is there are some movies that are just dead to me right away. They're, they're pinned to a mat like a bug with a pin, right? They, they're never going to move. They're going to be the same movie when I come back later that they were like when I, when I the first time I saw it, right? Sure. Some movies will change over time because they're more interesting or they were more intelligent later or whatever, right? This movie is pinned on the mat, but every time I go to reach to figure out what's going on, the pin sticks me, <laughs> right? So the movie should be dead. Is it because right? is it because you like William Freakin, or do you like the idea no, the of what he's doing? No, the movie itself gave me a really charming exorcist who was surprisingly fierce, who had jokes, who had like who we got to get to the jokes. Who that had was jokes? Who like he looked like he wasn't looking like peeping anything in the room. He looked like he could barely see anything, and then all of a sudden something would happen way across the room with some random person who was supposed to be doing some support move, and he was like on it. His eyes would get really wide, and he'd be like, "No, no, over there." And then we'd get back to like thing. He was reading off one damn card that he never flipped that looked it like it laminated. Had, like, <laughs> laminated looked like it had twenty eight words on it maximum. Right then, then the movie postulates. That there's an evil force that it's not like basically where the movie lands is that there's an evil force that wants you to think about evil. It wants to permeate with evil. It's like tar. And that the more you try to get stuck in it, the more you try to think your way out of it, the more it sticks to you. And that evil force can weigh you down and wear you out. And that's what the exorcism concept one of the one of the scary sides of the exorcism concept concept is that and i got a clearer sense of that from this documentary than almost ever anything i've seen on exorcisms along with all the crap you're talking about <laughs> right so I, it's not that i like william freakin it's not that whatever i'm just dealing with in this movie there were interesting moments, unexpected moments, surprises. I agree. It's the funniest exorcism documentary ever made, right? So there's all this stuff in it where I'm like, okay, there's all that in it and all this crap working against it. So that means that in the end, he made a more interesting thing than a more polished version of this would have been. Does that make sense? <laughs> No, and no, I'm kidding. No, I, no, I, I, I do, I do see what you're saying, and I'm glad that you had that experience with it because you, I feel like, I feel like we're in the same pool though. Like, right. I, like I feel, I feel like we're in the same pool, just on like sort of opposite. Because you like those things too. I do. Right. I there, there are things that I absolutely thought was charming about this documentary that I thought was good, and to me, if I'm being honest, it kind of just feels like William Freakin had free reign to have creative vision on a documentary and his vision is a little dated in the digital age. Of course. Right. And so that's where it starts to, to rub off on me, but there's things that he did really well, like his retelling of what happened when he went into that church with that lady, uh, him telling that story. Mm -hmm. I think he is a great storyteller, Interesting. but I feel like he needs more help when it comes to those, like when it comes to, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to like some of his greatest work, he didn't write it, for example. Right. Right. This one, it looks like he kind of just follows his own thing, <laughs> right. and that that's fine. That's fine. Like, Interesting. not every director is a great writer. Not every writer is a great director. Totally. So, I, I feel like we're in the same area, but like we're in the same gray. We're on the opposite sides of the same gray area. Is how I would probably describe. Yeah, it. I think that's probably right. Except for I, I, in a weird way, I think I'm a little more suspicious of freaking than you are because the, the other thing we discover watching this movie and thinking about his work was that like. 
I guess maybe unbeknownst to, to me or, you know, it's not really that noticeable. I hear from time to time about really deep, full, deep, deeply like negative filmmakers, right? The, Michael Reeves, the, the director who did Witchfinder Generals, legendary is like a really bleak mindset, right? Mm-hmm. But you have you have people who have really, really dark. Everyone's like, oh, David Lynch is so dark and weird and, you know, whatever. When you actually look at some of the stuff in Winfrey's work, whether it was like Bug that we were talking about. <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. Right? Or Cruisin' or, or I, he, he has... He has done works that seem very hostile to just the idea of humanity in general or, mm-hmm. or anything like that. Very, like, you know, dark stuff. So if you have a person who can go toe-to-toe with wages of fear, who can make French Connection, who fully understands... Who, who, when he was doing The Exorcist, was doing long, uncomfortable medical sequences to show you that that's as horrible as the exorcism process itself. Like being re- impersonally, you know, poked and prodded and experimented on mm-hmm. and, and guessed about and all that stuff is is really unfortunate. But the exorcism he shows in this movie is this has a lot of the same feel as that, right? So. This is a person who is doing this very, very strange getting it right over here and not getting it right here thing. And there's only two possibilities. He's either old and lost or he's doing something else. And I'm just reserving the possibility that something else. I think that's completely that fair. something else was happening. I think the odds are vastly that it's not. I think the odds are that it's a cash grab and it's, you know, like it's 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 manipulative and that he's old and lost and an egomaniac. And mean and all that stuff. But this, if there was a something else here, the something else would be you people talk about gaze into the abyss too long and it gazes back into you. I believe it, right? I'm not going to gaze into this too long. I'm going to dip my toe in the water over here, study this, back away, go over here, do some of this, back away, take 38 years off, come over here, revisit it, back away. I'm only going to deal with the stuff I'm interested in and I'm going to try to put it together into a thing that that makes sense in my bed of like, why did I own a concept? I'm an agnostic. I'm not even a Catholic. Why do I own this concept? Like, why, why am I the cinema apex of this? Like, I, I, was, I, I only think about this every 30 years. <laughs> but I, now I'm looking back at this and I think there's very weird things going on here. But I think that this is something that shouldn't be messed with too much. I didn't mess with it too much. I thought about it some. Here's what I came up with. That would be something else, right? So, so I don't know, but I don't. I'm sure I'm the only one who would think that because I'm sure a lot of other people are just like. I mean, I played for you right before this. There was a podcast. I forget the name of it now, where they literally named this the worst movie they'd ever watched. Yes, <laughs> like ever, like worst documentary they'd ever watched. Right. So this is a pretty well hated movie. So I get that. All right. Um, what else is interesting about this before we? Uh, well, the father who mm. did the exorcisms mm-hmm. he went in there and like just started cracking jokes like he cracks jokes before an exorcism which is like the coolest goddamn thing ever right because you would wonder yourself like the, you the images the exorcist and the lampos but what's next when he walks through that door and the exorcist come into your house like what's his move and this movie shows you what his move is which <laughs> he basically walked he's like who's got two thumbs is ready to kick some ass like this guy 
that's how he that's how he like that's how he walks into an ocean. He's still like who's got two thumbs that's ready to kick the devil's ass? This guy Boom. right here. Right. Father me, dude. He's <laughs> he's ready to go in there. He's ready to go in there what? and just start. I, yeah. I, I was waiting. So for, if you were doing exorcism, how, dude, how would okay, you, how would you come exorcism. into a room? All right. First yeah. of all, I'm going. I'm putting holy water in a super soaker, and not <laughs> not like the squirt guns, like the you know, like the, no. the, the little baby ones. I'm talking about the kind that got banned in like 1998, <laughs> like the kind that would pierce skin. Like I'm not fucking around. I'm not messing around, dude. Like like that thing fully pumped. And if you're if you're from like if you were born in the 90s, you know exactly yeah. which super soaker I'm talking. About. Not the purple. Not the purple and orange one. I'm talking about the the red one that was so heavy it came with a strap. <laughs> I actually was telling Alex and Jenny about this. You had to pump it so much. It was like jerking off a dragon. Like you had to like pump this fucking thing so hard. And it would shoot like a motherfucker. So I'm getting okay. that one. Yeah. I'm bringing that in. I'm with you. I'm strapped like Rambo. <laughs> All right, backup vials and a chain like around your head. Oh, dude, absolutely, absolutely. I'm gonna, I'm gonna sharpen uh, crucifixes so I can throw them into the walls. It's gonna look like Scout's Guide to the Exorcism. (laughs) That's exactly exactly what it would be. Um, Yeah, so that that would be my that would be my entrance move. So, but do different exorcisms call for different moves, right? Like if I gave you a scenario, so like, all right, Nick the Exorcist, right? All right. You you showed up for the job. The door creaks open. You come in, and I'm like, oh man, this this guy is a he's a Korean war vet. Um, he's only got one eye, um, and he's just mumbling over and over, "Who who am I? Nobody." Like, so what's your move? You walk in. What do you like? How do you deal with this guy? Like, do you have to change it, or can you just roll in with your super soaker and blast him? Well, listen, there's some things that are universal, but with with, with him, I'd spice it up a little bit. I would start by moonwalking, and and I and I would say I would say something. I'm possessed by these. I would play music, and I'd say I'm possessed by these sick ass beats. <laughs> And then I'd ask, I would ask the devil if he had any moves on the day, if he can cut the rug. Oh man, I would, I would try to get the. Demons I wonder what the to, devil's moves would have been. I would try to get the mm. demon to dance a little bit, and then because, because honestly, if I'm, if I'm an exorcist now, I got a TikTok. Oh sure, oh 100 percent. And are there exorcists, actual exorcists with TikToks? Is this I great? haven't looked that up. Oh man, we should know. Okay, if we ahead. look it up and we bring to it, because our editing shit. Yeah. Uh, I would film. I would. I would try to get the double to dance. Uh, much like wasn't there a Liam? Oh God, not Liam. Oh my God, Nelson. Leslie Nelson. Uh, double in the blue dress. Didn't they do a? Uh, he did a movie where he spoofed The Exorcist. So I would try to get him to dance. So I think Devil in the Blue Dress is a Denzel Washington movie. Maybe, and I. There's I a, think I know what you're talking about. So Leslie they, Nielsen did one of those. Like, yeah, and they started dancing spoofs. Yeah, like, they started dancing. So I, I would, I would try to get that that old vet uh, cut the rug. Okay, hit blast him with the super soaker and just go straight. And you're just done. Get, yep. I, then I would, I would, I would take Father and Mort's, you know, uh, saran wrapped, you know, literature and take six <laughs> hours to read, to, to read, to read through it. <laughs> That's how I would go about it. Yeah, uh, but. Father Mort did crack jokes, and we what we said before we started recording this, like this is the funniest exorcism mm-hmm. documentary, which is not the review. which is weird. <laughs> yeah, you would expect that, but he was really charming. You got to You got it. You he can't. Was. You got to have charm to be an exorcist. And some of the like freaking special effects are like birdemic level in this movie. So even those are hilarious. I know you liked a lot of the church he was reenacting, whatever, but there were like cameras. Oh yeah, he and- cuts to a lot of weird, a lot of weird shots, and the music in this documentary. I feel like he went to YouTube. And just put in scary music and just rip that music because the music in this movie is terrifying. <laughs> it's like insidious violins, yeah. you know, sounding yeah. shit. It's really uns- It's really scary. It is. 
it doesn't really fit the theme of the documentary because it's so <laughs> like the music is so frightening. In yeah. This music in this in this. That's the thing is yeah. I, I ended up getting uh, a little creeped out by this movie heading home after we went and watched, looked at the the art because I it just kept bothering me the the one supposedly cured woman that he had been talking to and just how unnatural. Well, her line at the end of the movie was unsettling because. Uh, during the during the filming, Father Mort passed away. Mm-hmm. He got pneumonia. And he went to the hospital, got pneumonia, and then he passed away. His funeral, like a lot of people showed up. At yeah. first, it looked like you joked because he's like, <laughs> like freaking says like you know hundreds of people showed up, and you were like it looks like it's thirty because it did. Yeah, the shot looked like it's thirty, but then it cuts. Then so it winds like, out. Yeah, then it winds out, and it's like a cathedral just mm-hmm. packed of people like you know kneeling yeah. at the coffin. So like it was that that was kind of cool to see like how what he meant to his community, and like that's the part I wish they went towards. But yeah. um. I where was I going with that? Father Moore, it's really great. I, it's weird that you say that because I was thinking that he randomly put those Vatican steps in there, the Pontius Pilate steps. First of all, he says Pontius. Pontius. Can we just? What is this? Is Pontius right and we're all wrong? Is that like? Because that would be amazing. I've heard Pontius. Yeah, I heard. That. I've heard Pontius. Too. Yeah, I've heard the other way. But anyway, these are these are the steps you 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 have to crawl up them. You can't. I didn't know that. You can't stand. You can't walk. Right, but there was a. Why is this random detail so highlighted in this movie? Like he really hung on it. That's what I'm telling you. Is he approached? He approaches the subject at a crawl. <laughs> yeah. Right. That's 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 it's. It, it, I think this movie is the, basically the movie is the way it is because he respects exorcism more than we, any of us do. <laughs> but we'll see. But um, yeah, the 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 music was. I couldn't tell. I knew the music was terrifying, but I couldn't tell. It would zoom in and out of the movie, and sometimes what was on the screen was boring, and sometimes what was on the movie was on the screen was scary. So I was like, "Is he randomly adding music? What's happening?" Yeah, no, the editing is kind of whack in this movie. I'll be honest; it's, it's a weird movie. It's an hour ten minutes. It feels yeah. like you know people keep saying it's a cash grab. What cash did he grab? From this <laughs> oh, movie? that's I'd, right. It's I'd, an epic disaster. I'd be very, I'd be very curious. Well, if it sparked more sales of exorcism, he gets royalty. Yeah, so. There is a shot that when he's interviewing all the doctors and stuff like that, he has like another cameraman in there, and you just see William Freakin with like a camera holding it up with it's like headphones best. on. And I want to add William Freakin to just other movies, like with this camera. Just, like I want to add him to like Free Solo. He's just watching Alex Arnold drive <laughs> with his little camera, with like little fifty millimeter lens on it. Totally, this um, is a pretty memeable movie. It is a pretty, it is a pretty memeable movie. But uh, now we got to rate it. Yeah, let's rate it. Uh, you go first. Okay, so. I think there's a lot in there that that could work really really well. So right now it's it's that 46%. That's yes. not that's not low. That's not low low. It's not it's not a great one, but it could right. be a lot worse. Be. I don't think it's far away in this ballpark. Right. I and 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 one thing I didn't touch on is uh, William Freakin has a really good voice for documentaries. And whenever it cuts to him at like he Georgetown does. and he's like doing like sort of like the walk and talks um I really like those, and it's very engaging. I would, I would actually watch another William Freakin documentary. I, 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 I wouldn't let this one deter me from from watching another from another one. So, at forty six percent on Metacritic, I, I was unsettled by the exorcism that happened. I think I'd go 55 percent. I think I'd bump it up a little bit. I don't think it's the worst documentary I've ever seen. It's you know, is it silly in some parts? Yes. But was it scary in some parts? Yes. Was it interesting in some parts? Yes. And do I ding him for doing the other stuff? Not really, because I think he's a storyteller at heart, so he did it for that effect. 
I go. I would say fifty fifty five percent. That's that's fair. That that feels right. That feels like. I mean, it's it's higher than it was. Right? Yeah. Um. All right. I am going to rate this at six percent. Six. six 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 or just no just six 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 percent. And I'm going to rate it at six percent just because I'm I'm. I'm gonna do a favor to anyone who who skipped ahead and got bored like whatever and they're just listening in to see what the rating will or whatever so that they never watch this. Because again, I've only found one human being on planet Earth who really enjoyed this movie, and that's me. <laughs> I mean, literally Google it for fun. Even the people who wrote positive reviews about it weren't positive about it. They were like, poor guy has lost a step, but you know, the father and work guy's interesting, so at least he got some archival footage of that dude. Uh like lukewarm thumb up. That's right. that's 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 the positive take on this movie. Right. right. There was no one who was like, "Wow, really knocked it out of the park." No, you're not gonna, was looking for. You're not gonna find that. Right. Yeah, but I do. Like, I can find a hundred horror fans in the time it takes us to wrap up this episode who think Maximum Overdrive is their perfect horror movie. Easily, I could find them in our horror group. I could easily find people who are like, "That's my favorite horror movie." Right. I, you, you can't find a human being where this is their favorite documentary. They don't exist. There's not a person alive who would say that, right? This movie precludes the ability of loving it. <laughs> I'll take that maximum overdrive bet. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. I'll take that I'm, bet. I'm telling you. I've met him. I, we've had him. I've talked to him in the group. Okay, so you're 6%. I'm 6% as a favor to make sure that no one else watches this movie but us. This movie should just end. Because if if this movie has been seen by as many people as it has now, and there's not a single person on Earth, earth on the internet that you can uncover that really enjoys this movie then why would you recommend this movie to anyone i think there's better history channel documentaries about the right the topic right. Um, but secretly secretly in, yeah. secret no no but secretly in my head when i'm thinking about this movie it's 82 percent. i can see it clear as day this is an 82 percent movie in my head but six is what i'm gonna say officially i it's like, better than like, <laughs> like William Freakin. I no longer trust you. I, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm I with you. Don't. I expected that actually. I, I, <laughs> I have a feeling you're probably sixty percent. No, I'm eighty. I'm a strong eighty-two percent. Is it's glowing gold in my mind? I'm then go t- with eighty. Then go with your gut. No say six. It's, no, it's a, truly it's a six percent because you can. I I could. You could be wrong. When you I'm say six percent, do you, when I edit this, do we put in digital growls when you say six percent? Do you want me to? Do you want me to do that, George? You totally should. Because here's the thing: this movie changed while I was watching it. After I watched it, walking home from watching it, the morning after I watched it, and while I was talking about this podcast. And I don't like movies that you pin down and they can't change. It's one of the things I really appreciated about Hereditary, right? In the end, my, my feeling about Hereditary was that it was a movie that was trying to show you that you got to, you, no matter how desperately you try to not think, thoughts are the worst thing. Thoughts lead to feelings and and they're all a disaster when you're in grief or trauma, whatever. Thoughts. And every move you could do to not think they do take off a head sure right like be part of a conspiracy where you're the evil center of the conspiracy and you don't even know the whole time you can't even think you're the bad guy because you don't even know you're the bad guy like turns out sure like saw your head off like with a wire sure we'll do everything you could do to get rid of a brain this movie's doing don't think don't think don't think and then at the end you gotta think about it the movie knew that it, it couldn't do what it was trying to do it's slippery this movie's the same thing on a way lower budget. 
Up for debate. All right. <laughs> so six percent, but eighty-six yes. percent. Yeah. But eight, in, in no, six percent, but eighty-two because it's 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 hereditary of documentaries. Okay, and then that's a, <laughs> I got to put some money down on this shit, man. I'm gonna pay my bills. Uh, okay, but that okay, to, totally fair, totally fair. Um, we asked for reviews a mm, couple weeks ago when the Batman came so out. Fun, yep. uh, Terminator, you scared me for a second. He re-uploaded his, his review and. We were at 50 reviews, and then we went down to 49. I was like, who deletes a review? But he came back <laughs> yep. with, a, with a riddle. And we're, I, I want to honor Which that. Which we really appreciate, yes. I want to honor that. All right, here, here it is. So we have our first official riddle, which I have not seen. And I looked at it once and never thought about it again, so we're going to dive okay. into this. But this is from our Batman episode. This so if we do want to give a review, you can still do a riddle, but jeez, <laughs> <laughs> go easy. All right, here it is. <laughs> I have keys, but no locks. I have space, but no room. You can enter, but can't go outside. What am I? Yeah. If you want to see it in writing, maybe that'll help you. I have keys, but no locks. I have space, but no room. You can enter, but can't go outside. What do you think? I think you can enter, but can't go outside. Wow. It's Regan McNeil. No, I, I, I don't. <laughs> that's what you freaking. I have two thumbs, but I kick the devil's ass. Who am I? Father, all right, Father Mort. I don't know, but that's intriguing. I have keys, but no locks. I have space, but no room. Mm-hmm. Ah, geez, I'm stumped on this one. That's that's what we wanted. We wanted. You to can be answer, but can't go outside. All right. I love Jeez, it. Jeez, I don't know. I have, I, so he now you have to give us the answer in another review. <laughs> yeah, if we go to forty nine, I'm, I'm like, okay, everybody goes back at it again. You know, you're gonna, you're gonna, uh, it's keyboard. It's a keyboard, like your computer. Did you look it up? Yeah. Stumped you, Riddler. Ha, that's what Batman needs. <laughs> but that's how fast you can find that one. So we got his was a little more complicated. Let's oh, if I didn't have the internet, Google-able. if I didn't have the internet or a cow, cape and cow, I would have never got that. Commissioner Gordon would have looked at me and be like, "What good are you? You can't solve any riddles, Bat Brat. Get out of here. Who has two thumbs and wants you out of here? <laughs> Fucking me, dude." <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for the riddle. I, I wasn't. I without the help of the internet, I wouldn't have ever solved that one. So there's an opportunity here, right? So with riddles, I clearly we're not going to solve riddles in real time without without the aid of smartphones. But this one would be more interesting because you're hilarious. I'm not, but I've got a new challenge for review. Unless you have something planned. No, because, I mean it's right here. It's just laying right in front of us. Right. Father Mort. He entered with jokes. We need some jokes. Ooh. Right, so you got to put some jokes and some reviews, and like we'll, in honor of Father Amort. In honor of Father Amort, lay your best joke in your, a review. Well, I don't know if it's the best joke. You should look up some Father Amort jokes. <laughs> they tried to give us one of them in the movie, and it was uh, not great. It was old. <laughs> it was old. It was more his attitude. I think it involved Ovaltine, like <laughs> some rickety. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I don't know. But, give uh, us some old jokes. We yeah, give us your old best. Courty, like, we need your oldest, most dated joke. In honor of Father Amort, what's your most dated joke? Yeah, give us a joke that was 91 years old. <laughs> oh, God. And until next time, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. We will see you guys at 45%. We're halfway through the 40s. Oh, and just to give you kind of a taste, we're sort of surveying the field. Mm-hmm. And it looks like it's going to get extraterrestrial the further we go. That's right. I'm excited about this. There was one I'm glad I, you brought that up. There was, mm-hmm. I think, the fourth kind, which I've heard 
I've some people who've seen the fourth kind have been like, it is the scariest movie, but then it's like 19%. And I'm like, huh? Like, so this is very strange. We'll cover this in the episodes. So I won't talk at all now, but I, I came to horror through like fiction first, oddly. So I was reading like Whitley Strieber communion. There's uh, alien abduction thing that I liked, but then for some reason I never watch alien abduction movies in the horror genre. I've seen right. like close encounters and all that, but fire in the sky, fourth kind, dark sky, all that. I, for some reason I haven't seen any of those, but we spotted a whole bunch of good looking ones in the next like 10% bracket underneath us or so. I think Phoenix Forgotten was in there, which might be interesting. There's some other Yeah, there's a lot of cool looking stuff. Ones. So we're excited. It's a whole like sub sub genre that we were Yeah, we I don't know a lot about no experience. I don't know a lot about Alien Files, so let's do this. Yeah, I don't know a lot about the Alien stuff, so if that's if you're listening and Alien feels are your passion, like dude. And give us like, some wrecks. Like we need some if there's if there's like it would be basically underrated alien themed horror movies because uh, we're at forty five percent. So if it's a, don't, don't come in and yeah. talk to us about like uh, Solaris or some shit, <laughs> something like that. We're we're completely we're completely open to it. So on that note, stay scary. Watch a bunch of horror movies. We'll see y'all at forty five percent. Bye bye.